Welcome to the At TSN Hockey Every Other Friday Bobcast, featuring the original hockey insider, Bob McKenzie. Hey, that's me, answering your questions on hockey or just about anything else, within reason, of course. If you have a question you would like answered, email me at bobcast at bellmedia.ca. That's B-O-B-C-A-S-T at bellmedia.ca. And we'll try to get it on the Bobcast. We were a blowout of wicked proportions. An accidental company. Hey everyone, welcome back for year two of the At TSN Hockey Bobcast. I can't wait to get started. Although technically, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Wait a little bit. I do plan on doing one preseason episode of the Bobcast later this month, probably on Friday, September 22nd. But we'll start things up for real on Friday, October 6th, the first Friday of the new National Hockey League regular season. And like last year, we plan on going every other Friday with the Bobcast. As always, if you have a question for the Bobcast, be sure to email it to bobcast at bellmedia.ca. That's B-O-B. C-A-S-T at bellmedia.ca. In the meantime, I'm hoping you might perhaps enjoy this preseason interview I did with Calgary Flame General Manager Brad Treeliving. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did conducting it. Thanks for listening to the Bobcast. And if you're not already subscribing to the Bobcast, be sure to do so on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, tsn.ca, or wherever you get your podcast. So look forward to another season of the Bobcast. Come back at you on Friday, September 22nd. And uh, here's that interview I promised you. Brad, there's lots of optimism in Calgary this year. But if you don't mind, I'd like to take a step back to last season very briefly. And I'm just curious, was there ever a point where maybe just maybe last season you thought the whole thing was going off the rails? Well, no question the start there, I would be lying if I said there weren't a few nights where you were looking up and not getting a lot of sleep, but uh, I credit our players and really credit our coaching staff. The one, we talked a lot throughout the year and, and even over the summer and probably the, the, the biggest takeaway from last year is the growth our team experienced, but I thought the leadership of, of, of Glenn and his staff were there's a lot of, lots of bullets flying in October and November, and, and he was steady on the wheel. The message didn't change. There was no panic. There was no let's, um, you know, let's try to grab a hold of it. Now, we might have had a little bit of the duck theory. We were paddling like heck underneath the water, but he was very calm, and I think the guys took their cue off him. So, but there was, there, was some, there was some frustrating days to start. It's interesting you say that because I was looking at the record in October, November, you were a little below 500 had a really good December and it looked like ship was pointed in the right direction. And then the wheel started to fall off again in January. And I think very specifically of that game in Montreal, I believe it was January 21st, you lost 5-1. And after the game, Glenn absolutely let your players have it. And I mean, it wasn't just the normal, I'm mad at them type thing. He went hard at the top line guys. He went hard at the fourth line guys. And he did it in such a hard pointed fashion that it, it almost caught me off guard. You, you don't usually hear NHL coaches do that. And I, I thought at the time, boy, I really like Glenn. He's a great guy. And I think he's a real good coach. But you know what? This is either this thing's going in the right direction or he and the Flames are in big, big trouble. The wheels could come off. And I was looking at the numbers. After that game, you guys went 15-2-1 over your next 18 games. And you only lost 10 
of the last 31. So I, I, the reason I started off on this track is because I really felt like that point might have been a turning point. And what you talked about, Glenn, in the, the, uh, what he did in October and November, um, can, can you talk a little bit about what was so much different after that Montreal game in late January? Well, there's been a lot of talk. I think, obviously, the, the shock value of it. And it was interesting because I remember after the game, there was, just, it was, there was frustration because, as you said, I think from Glenn's perspective, there was buy-in. We, we felt we were making some traction. And then that trip, um, you know, we had started in Toronto the night before I went to Montreal and then finished a couple nights later in Ottawa. Um, it felt like we took a step back. And uh, I remember it vividly. Um, I think there was a little method to the madness there um, of a little bit of a, you know, sort of a towel snap to everyone. Um, but I think, you know, from there on there was a good day. That the following day was a day off and we had lots of just reflection time and talking to a lot of guys. And I think, you know, at that point the group looked within and uh, I'm proud of how they responded. And, uh, you know, we found a little, I don't know if it was the you know, the train ride or the message after, but from that point on, we, we found a little traction. Yeah, because you won the next game in Ottawa, I believe. It was a shootout, maybe. And then it was the All-Star break. Yep. So I was curious to see how, how that whole dynamic might have worked. The other reason I talked about last year is, is you had some goaltending issues. You're not going to lay all the blame for what happened in the inconsistency of the year on, on Brian Elliott and Chad Johnson. But let's be honest, goaltending at times was a, a problem. And Johnny Goodrow's numbers were way down. And I wondered, and you tell me, if the contract dispute and getting it settled so close, did, did that unsettle him or the team in any way? I think, I think it's for, for a young guy, for the first time to go through that, I think there was, there was some unsettling. You know, I spoke to Johnny a lot after, and it, it was the, the newness of it. And all you've done every year is play, and now there's this business part and what the heck's going on. So I think there's a little bit of that. And I think any time, although it was a little unique last year, Bob, with the World Cup, you know, guys were still playing. Um, Any time that you don't participate in camp, it, it, there's been very few cases where that's turned to be a successful start. Um, so I think there was a little bit of catch-up mode. And our team was, I, I've used the, uh, the term often, we were clunky to start. You know, Sean Monaghan had an injury. Backlund got injured at the World Cup. You know, Johnny's situation. Uh, we had Versteeg, you know, the morning of, of or the day before the, ho uh, the, the season opening game. So we were, we were a little bit of stopping and starting. Um, and then I think coupled with that and sort of a style change that Glenn had incorporated, I think there was some time for not only Johnny but a lot of our top guys to sort of figure out how we wanted to play. Part of the reason why I wanted to talk about last year too before we get into this year is that because some of those issues that you had, the reason there's optimism this year is because there's a perception that those issues are going to be different this year that you've shored up your goaltending, that there is no contract dispute for Johnny Goodrow, and he's got to score more goals and more points than he had last year, and that Glenn and the players, after getting things sorted out through January, February, March, and into the playoffs, that there's a better understanding of how each side works. Well, that, I mean, you would, you would think that. I mean, what do you, if you call them distractions, or there's just, you know, there's nothing else in the way right now other than just focusing on playing um, and you're right you've got you know there's as, as Glenn likes to refer to it there's not only one coach on the ice there'll be 15 guys that know exactly what he wants done having said all that you still got to do it, it, it okay. you know the message for us is it's not going to happen because we've made a couple of changes and we feel good about those changes and everybody's a year older and we were a year deeper into the system and the terminology 
Um, it's the do it league, and we, you know, starting next week at camp, we, we have to do it. We feel we like our group, but we got a lot of doing to do. For the last few years, I'm not sure if this is a National Hockey League record because I don't think they keep track of these things. And if it is, it's not one that you necessarily want to hold. But um, a couple of years ago, it was Hiller, Oreo, Ramo, and Backstrom. Then last year, it was Elliot and Johnson. And this year, it's Mike Smith and Eddie Lack. I don't know that I can remember a team that has made wholesale changes to its goaltending in three consecutive seasons, and yet you obviously felt the need that you have to do that. Well, it's certainly, I would agree with you, it's, it's not something you want to be, you, you get into a habit of. Um, and, and I guess to your earlier point, I, I, by no means is, that, is, is our making a change in an indictment in, in Brian and Chad. In, in a lot of ways, um, I've said it many times, we don't make the playoffs without them. Um, and at different times. Absolutely. Um, having said all that, we just felt as we, as we did our debrief at the end of the season, um, that we were going to look in a different direction. And, and in some cases, it was contractual. Um, both were free agents. Yep. Both had opportunities elsewhere. So the idea that it was just us driving to the airport isn't necessarily correct. Um, but we felt, you know, we needed, we, needed, we needed somebody that had been there as a, as a number one guy. Uh, Mike has done that. Um, obviously with Eddie, um, he'd probably be the first to tell you the last two years haven't gone the way he'd wanted to in Carolina. But we, we've, we've watched him for a long time. I thought he was on the come in Vancouver. Glenn has a relationship with him in Vancouver. So we feel, again, we, we've, we've got to do it in net, um, but we feel comfortable there. But the idea that every year you're just, you, you can turn this over is probably not the right idea. We feel real comfortable with those, those two. We're excited about what we have in the pipeline in the goal. And again, that's until they do something else, their prospects, but we like where we sit depth-wise at, at the position. Let's drill down on Mike Smith a little bit. He's 35 years old. Uh, three years ago, he had a 9.04 save percentage. Two years ago, he only played 32 games because of injury. Last year, his numbers were up in, in a good way. Um, 55 games, 9.14 save percentage, which is closer to, to that league average. You know him real well from your, your days in Arizona together. What is it about Mike Smith that makes you believe that he's the guy to sort of stop this cycle of turning over wallies yeah. in Calgary? Well, a couple of things. You look at the market and, and, and you do your evaluation and, and, and see what's available. I mean, uh, you're, you're looking at what the pool is available. I, I've got a history with Mike. Um, first of all, he's, he's, he's big and athletic. Um, he's about as an athletic of a player, regardless of the position, as you'll find. Um, he plays the puck extremely well. He, he gives you another asset back there. Uh, but I, overall, I just think he's at a time in his career, in his life, where he's ready for this challenge. You know, he's, um, you know, he's been, I think there's been some frustration as you go through, as many teams do, go through a building process as they've done, done, done in Arizona the last couple of years. There's been some frustration from him. Uh, but I think he's gotten to that point where all that matters to him now, he's, he's, he's been a number one goaltender. He's made he's made money in this game now it's about winning and for him to get this opportunity i think he's ready for it he there has been some up and downs in mike's career but his high-end game uh bob i would when when he's when he's there it's as good as anybody in the leagues and uh his age is not a concern for us he's uh to me he's got a low odometer um he has didn't start playing a lot of games till later in his career he's a uh, in terrific condition and I think mentally he's in a spot where he can come in here and, and he's ready for the challenge in Calgary. Yeah, and in fairness to Mike, those numbers that I quoted, I mean, it's, you know, 
playing net for Arizona over the last number of years, there has been a roller coaster element uh, to that, obviously. You mentioned Glenn knows Eddie Lack from their time together in Vancouver. What did Glenn tell you about Eddie Lack that made you confident that he'd be a good battery mate for Mike Smith? Well, we talked about the person. One of the things we really, um, we, we really put a focus on, and, and listen, you need talent. Talent in, in all positions and you need ability. But we really put a focus on is let's get the very best people. Let's get, let's get great people. Um, now you need the talent level to go with it, but I think if you can put enough great people in a room with great character, um, you, may, you may have a chance. And, and the first thing Glenn talked about is just he's a, he's a great, great person, tremendous work ethic. He really felt um, in, in uh, Vancouver when there was an injury to Ryan Miller, in a lot of ways, Eddie helped them get to the playoffs. Uh, a couple years ago when, when we ended up playing Vancouver in the playoffs. Um, There's a little bit of a style change in Carolina. Our goaltending coach, Jordan Sigalette, spent, this was a project for him for the last number of months, is just really looking at every um, available goaltender out there, looking at, watching clips of their last couple of years. He felt with some tweaks we could get Eddie back to the Eddie that was in Vancouver. Um, but a big goaltender, athletic with some upside, who he feels will, will push the number one guy, can play games, um, and will be a terrific person as, in, in the organization. If Mike and Eddie are both healthy, do you have any idea on what the split might be in terms of games? Yeah, I don't know, to be honest with you, and that's, that's not dodging. I think in today's game, Bob, more than ever, is, is the days, now obviously we saw it with Cam Talbot last year, but the consistent days of somebody playing 70 plus games, it's hard, the travel, the back-to-backs, the um, just the, the schedule, the compactness of it. Um, so you need, you need two guys to play to sit here and say, is it you know, one guy playing 60, the other guy playing 20? I, I, that'll, that'll probably be determined, that will be determined by the coaches and, and as we go on. But I think in a guy like Mike, you'd be looking at 50, 50 plus games. Um, and hopefully you're, you know, hopefully he's touch wood, you're healthy and, and you're going well. And I think you, you, you'll you start. We've got, I guess, a plan written in pencil, but we'll see how things progress. Heaven forbid you do get an injury in net. Um, you talked about some of the good young goalies you've got. And, and then they're, right now they're prospects. Of, of that group of Tyler Parsons, um, John Gillies, and David Ridge, is there one that would could be pressed into service more quickly than the others because of age or experience or just readiness? Well, we'll go through count. We're excited about all three. I think if you say with, with, with John and David, they're obviously a little bit older. John, John's going to his third year pro. Yep. For all intents and purposes, second year pro. He, 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 he had hip surgery his first year and basically missed the season. So last year was really his first year pro. Um, and got a game in, in, in LA where he won. And then David, although it was his first year over here, he, he'd been playing in the Czech League for a number of years, a few years prior to that. So there's, there's an element of experience and maturity um, that if something initially you, you're, you're happens, you think your thoughts would go there. Um, the young Parsons kid, though, is he, he's an interesting kid. He's, he's a battler. Um, he's competitive. And, you know, you look back at his last couple of years, he's been on real good teams. But he's been a big part of those teams being real good and successful, so I wouldn't count him out. Um, we have to get into camp. Our biggest focus for those young goalies is making sure they're, get, they're all getting enough puck shot at them. Um, and so those things have a way of working themselves out, but we're, we're excited about the depth we got.
Any idea on an ETA for when Gillies could be a number one goalie in the NHL? You're always new. I mean, those ones I find you're, you, you, that position, there's a longer runway. He's got all the, like I said, you, you, you kind of lose that year um, when he was injured, but he is big, he's athletic, he's calm. Um, he's another one of those guys, he, nothing seems to phase him. He walked into LA last year as a Rick, you know, won the game. Um, so we want to make sure we're taking our time. But I think if, you know, we're going to have guys knocking on the door. And that's, you know, you look at the goaltenders that we've got here now. Again, you, you're worried about this year. That's, that's mission and plan number one. But we, I do think we, we're set up succession-wise here. Um, but again, they have to, they have to t they'll tell you. What I found, especially with goaltenders, is eventually they'll tell you when they're ready. And, and I'd rather be cautious and, and uh, err on the side of caution than, than rush somebody into service. Calgary's defense has been pretty well regarded throughout the league, especially the, the top three guys, Mark Giordano, Dougie Hamilton, uh, TJ Brody. Um, but you went out in, in the offseason at the draft and, um, and made, instead of a big three, made it a big four, getting Travis Hamanick from the New York Islanders for all those picks. What was the motivation there? Well, we just look at our team right now and, and the maturity of it, and we've, 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 you know, we've spent some time growing it, as you have to do in terms of, of, of draft, develop. We felt the biggest need for us right now to compete um, in our division was we needed, we, we needed another defenseman. We needed to solidify our top four. Um, we feel we've got some young kids coming. Um, it's unrealistic at this time to, to place them or put them in a role where they're going to be relied on in a, in a top four role. I think it does two things to us. I, I think you can take those two pairs now and it gives us um, it gives us a foundation to build our team on, and that's two pairs that I feel can play against anybody in the league. Um, the second thing it does is that now oh, you allow to grow your, your younger players in the right spots. Instead of putting them in areas where um, you know, they could be taking on water, you give them time when they're ready to succeed, and that's, that's playing in a third pairing situation um, and bringing them, bring them along slowly. But I look at that with the addition of, of, of Travis is being able to solidify um, what I think how you, how you win in today's game is you, you, you've got to be able to transition the puck. You build from the blue line out and, and the cost was high, um, but we felt to bring a player in person like Travis Hamannick in it, we felt it made a whole lot of sense. Uh, Giordano and Hamilton, they'll stay together as a pair and, and Hamannick will play with... Um, yeah, that's, that's how they'll start. With Brody. Brody. Yeah. Your third pair in Barkowski and Stone, something of a homecoming for Stone hometown. What do you see with that third pair that makes you think that your defense is going to continue to be solidified? Well, I think Mike came in and, and really helped us last year. Um, Mike Stone, when he in the deal with, with Arizona, he's another player I'm familiar with. He's just now entering his prime. I mean, he's just he's just starting to, to me, his his best days are in front of him. He's a big big defender, um, can, has got a powerful shot, can play on the power play, transitions pucks well. And, and so I think I look at it as now you've got five guys and it's great to say you got four, you got this, injuries do happen. And so I think we've got real depth. Again, he's a right shot defenseman, which are, which are hard commodities to find, um, a high character guy. And then with Matt, I, Matt came and did a real good job for us. Now, the one thing I'd say with, with, with Matt and and, and with anybody is, you know, we've got some young guys now pushing too. We've got Brett Kulak and Witherspoon and yep. Shillington and Anderson. So 
you know, that's, that's what the next few weeks of camp are going to show us. Um, you know, we've, we've got some experience and depth on the right side. I think there's going to be a competition for that six and seven spot. Um, so we're excited we're going. Then we, you know, we're excited about that position for guys that aren't pro yet in terms of some of the amateurs that we've got. So we, we're comfortable there for, for now, and we think we've got some good ones coming. We'll talk about some of the kids that will challenge for spots in a minute, but I, uh, I jokingly want to call uh, Michael Stone the, the next Chris Russell because when you guys signed him, I don't know if you noticed it or not, but a lot of people in the analytics community, you know obviously the story that you had Chris Russell before, you know the drill. With the fancy stats people don't think he's very good at all and the teams that have him think he's a real serviceable useful top four defenseman in the national hockey league and and i think michael stone gets some of that same sort of treatment um from the analytics community can you reconcile the per, the difference in perceptions yeah, absolutely and we do we we're pretty aggressive in terms of some of the data that we look at and, and study and i think there's great value in it um there's also great qualities that some of that data doesn't show you. And uh, uh, when we brought, when we, we gave up uh, uh, the assets to get to get Mike, the thought all along was, you know, if we can find a way to make it work financially, if we can find it, um, make it work for both sides, and we were able to do it. So uh, we're really comfortable to get, you know, like I said, a 26-year-old defenseman that shoots right, fits in with our culture, um, is eager to be in Calgary. Um, and again, you, you, you hear some of that background noise, but we think we know Mike pretty good, and I think he's going to be a real, real big help to our team. Yeah, and I should point out that as far as analytics and fancy stats and, and numbers, I mean, when you were with the Arizona Coyotes, you guys were amongst, I would suggest, that amongst the teams at the forefront of that whole movement, were you in the National Hockey League? Yeah, again, the analytics, it's, it's, it's to me it's information, and it's it, what's, what's, I find interesting and funny sometimes is is sort of the competing areas or the competing ends of well the eye test or the old school versus the new school and i think you got to have a blend and i think the more information that you can have the more information that can help you make decisions um, but is getting the right information getting um, getting the right data to to, to what we feel is the right data that um, helps dif differentiate players and and helping you to win but um, certainly in Phoenix, we tried to be creative with some of the things we did, and uh, we've continued that in Calgary. Of those younger defensemen in the depth positions that are challenging for a spot, Kulak's had some time, Weatherspoon's had some time, Shillington and Anderson not, not so much. Is it natural to assume that uh, Kulak and, and Weatherspoon maybe have an edge in terms of being a depth guy, or has the time arrived for a Shillington or a Rasmus Anderson to, to get more NHL time? Well, no question. I think Kulak and Witherspoon, they have, they have the experience. So that, I think it gives you a leg up. Now, how long does that last? Is that a day? Is that a week? Is that, um, you know, however long? I think just there's a comfort level for those players coming in. Having said that, uh, what I'm most intrigued about with camp is I think we do have some young players. And everybody will tell you this. Everybody's excited this time of year. But I do think we have young players that are both now, you know, they're not just 18 and 19 and coming out of junior, coming out of college, you know, they've, they've, they've had a year or two or three in the American League. So they're, they've matured physically, they've matured emotionally, um, and I think they really believe they're ready, you know, and, and that's when you get that bottom push. So I think we, we do have those young players. Now, whether they are ready, time will tell. But I think they believe they are. 
Uh, they've put the work in in the summer, and it'll be determined. And as you say to every young player, there's a difference of coming to camp to be at camp. We're coming to camp to try to rip a job away. And uh, I'm hopeful that their, their mindset is they're, they're coming to camp to win a job away. Looks to me like you're pretty much status quo as far as your forwards go. Do you, do you think this Flames team can score enough goals um, to contend or take the next step? That's probably my biggest concern, Bob. Um, it's so hard to score in this league. Um, the one, the really encouraging thing, you know, we've we've done all our differentials, and okay, if we get two more here and keep out three more here, the one thing that's, uh, you know, even the way the season ended, um, if you look back at last year, it wasn't like we had four, five, six, seven guys that had career years. In a lot of cases, kind of the opposite. It's the opposite. So you can realistically go in and say, okay, we think that there's more. And ultimately, our real growth is going to come from within. It's not people from the outside. It's going to come from within. So is it an area that I, I, I worry about? I think everybody does. Um, but I'm hopeful, and we'll see, we'll see how, we, how we go through camp. Outside of the contract suit that was settled right before the season began, can you pinpoint any other reasons why Johnny's numbers were off? Well, a couple of things. I think, I think he's now really good. He's developed into a star in the league. And... and because of that, you're treated like a star in the league. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's not, okay, who's this new guy, 13 for Calgary? They know who Johnny Gaudreau is. So they're, they're, they're game plan for him. His number circled before every game. So you get the attention, the game planning, the coaching is real good in this league. So that's one part of it. Um, and I think there's the other part of it. There was, there was an adjustment. There's adjustment in how we played two years ago and how Glenn wanted us to play. And a lot of it, uh, or if and if there's an area that maybe we we pulled away from was there, is 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 a more um, a more responsible game maybe a, 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 a taking care of our end first kind of game and that you know you give your top players freedom and Glenn does but I think there was an adjustment for Johnny um, in learning how, how to how to play in that system so I think as we said earlier I'm hopeful that. The growing pains for all that are back. He's in a great frame of mind. Um, you know, he's not, the coaching staff isn't new. The, the, the players aren't new around him. Um, but he is a, he's a talent, and usually those guys that have high-end skill like that find a way to, to produce. Well, the good news for Johnny is that uh, new player safety boss, George Peros, says they're going to be calling the slash more tightly this year. Although some would say for Giordano and defensemen that like to open up some separation. Probably some guys that, that don't like you. it. Uh, yeah, yeah, there might not be some guys that don't like it. Um, the line of uh, Johnny Goodrow and Sean Monaghan and Michael Furland um, played together the last 20, 25 games, and they seem to have really good chemistry, and I think Glenn plans on starting the season with them. What, what do you see as the, the reasons that line can be successful? Well, you've got, you know, you've... Uh, the one thing with Johnny and Monty, you've got high-end hockey sense. You know, both, I think, have got elite hockey sense. They think the game so well. Um, and then you, you, Michael's, I think Michael's just game translates well with him. He's a big, strong body. He skates real well. He can shoot the puck. And Michael can think it. Um, you know, he's come into the league as a sort of a big, strong, brawny-type player, which he is. But I, I, what, what he hasn't got enough probably respect or, or accolades for is, 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 is his ability. He, he might have the best shot in our team. Um, I think he scored 50 goals, plus goals, and close to 100 points in junior. 
um, and he can think the game. And and they, it, 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 we had experimented with this in the past. Uh, prior to Glenn coming, Bob, Bob had played um, fairly there for, for short periods of time. And I think what had happened is, it's like anything else. You go up and playing with those two players, you, you, you start getting into the deferral mode. And you're just, okay, well, you guys do it. And I think Glenn had talked to him a lot about just, you're there for a reason. you got to go out and play your game. And, uh, you know, driving the net, getting in on a four-check, creating room, shooting the puck when he has an opportunity. Um, I think his game has blended, and it did down the stretch, and hopefully that, hopefully that can continue. Glenn's comfort food as coach was that shutdown line uh, headed up by uh, Michael Backlund in the middle who, I mean, you know, he's a Selkie candidate, a, a really good two-way and strong defensive center. Michael Froelich, who's always had that role, whether it was in Winnipeg or Chicago or wherever, and uh, Matthew Kachuk, who played, I think, much better than... Did he surprise you a little bit at how quickly he adapted and how much he contributed? Not to say he's not a great player, great prospect, but... I was a little surprised at the level of his immediate impact last year. That, that's what I'd say. I, I, I mean, I thought I think he's a terrific player. We were, um, we were, extremely happy to say at least that we got him. I'd be lying, Bob, if I if I said I knew he was going to have this type of impact. I, I really didn't. I thought he, um, I thought he'd push, and that opening he went through the preseason. He went through the first, you know, and there was talk up until game eight and nine whether. He's sticking around, and uh, um, and then he got beyond that. And he was the biggest compliment I probably paid him is he, he got a little injury, and we missed him for two or, th- or he missed a couple of games, and, and we missed him. And I don't know if that's good news or bad news when you when you you, you miss an 18 year old, but he's a he's a high end competitor, elite hockey sense, um, and he had an impact for us. Is he the kind of kid? He listen. He was in addition to being a great player. He was a gigantic pain in the ass for anybody that played against him. One of the number one agitators in the National Hockey League. Do you just let that be and let him be do his thing? Or is there an element of somebody, whether it's Glenn or yourself, getting in his ear and maybe saying, hey, you can back that part off a little bit. You don't need to be the most hated guy on the ice every minute that you're out there. Well, I think there's a line, obviously, you've got to watch. And, and what, what Matthew, he's a really bright kid. And... Um, you know, there's a method to the madness. I remember sitting in this tournament here last year, and he came in to make a statement um, and sort of build a foundation for himself. So I think you got to be very careful of, um, of number one, it's 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 always easier to pull the reins back than having a player that you got to cattle prod to get going. Uh, but no question, there's a line, and that's one thing we've talked about. Matthew is he's he's at his very best when he's straddling that line, but you got to straddle it because. Um, you know, when it gets to a point of, of impacting the team in a negative way. Um, and there wasn't, I can, I can tell you, as, as hard as he plays, there's not, um, there was not a lot of times that he put the team in jeopardy. But you'll live with certain things. When he plays that way, you live with certain, time, certain things. That's part of, part of the package. But there's, every so often, often you've got to put your arm around him and just say, okay, let's just maybe tap the brakes a little bit. But uh, I think that element you got to be careful of not curbing it because I think that's what makes him a special player. Have you seen his brother play? Brady's up for the draft this year? Yeah, oh yeah. There's, I think he takes it to another level. I was going to say, there's something in the water. That I know what Walt is feeding these guys, but uh, <laughs> there's certainly a Kachuk gene out there. I understand he's trained a lot harder this yeah. summer and that he's, he might be a little leaner than, than he was. Uh, how will that help him? Or 
in the, you know, does he lose a little bit of bulk? Does that change the way he plays? Or? His weight is, is, is close to the same. And, you know, where you see a lot of times is trying to add weight that first, you know, after your first year. I think what he's done is he's, it's probably the most training he's ever done. Um, first of all, his seasons, he hasn't had a lot of training time uh, the last few years. He's gone deep into Memorial the Cups. Memorial Cups and he's had injuries that he's recovering from. So this has been the longest stretch of training I think he's had in his life. And he dug into it. Um, I know he was in Toronto for the summer. He took a week off and was right back into it and worked out with Gary Roberts and his crew. Um, talked to him a lot over the summer and he's lean. Um, he's a lot stronger. And one of the things he wanted to focus on was his quickness. But no question that that anchor weight for him is important. You know, he's, he's, he's in the trenches. Um, but I know he feels quicker, but he feels a lot stronger. So it'll be, it'll be exciting to see him next week. How happy were you to get the Sam Bennett contract signed, if for no other reason than just not to have to start the season the same way you did last year with questions about a guy in RFA unsigned? Yeah, well, they're always good to get done, no question. And, and getting it, the, the priority is always getting the right deal versus just to get a deal. Um, but no question, to get it done ahead of time where he's, you know, not even right before camp. It's, it's, it's well in advance. He has time to get to Calgary and, and get settled and, and, and be ready. Um, so he's going he's gonna to, he's excited to, to, to get that part behind him. But no question going, it was big for us to go into camp without. You've got enough questions, enough things to worry about that uh, not having a contract issue is, is good news. Is there reason to believe this could be a big breakout year for him? I, I believe that, and, and, and I really do. I think he went through a lot of learning um, last year just at the position. It's a hard position to play, and, and you hear it all the time, but it's, it's truthful. To play center in the NHL, especially for guys that are used to being dynamic offensive players and now um, the, way, the way Glenn runs his system, there's a lot of heavy lifting for, for, for center icemen uh, in a defensive role, lots of responsibility, and then you're look to produce, you look to make your line mates better. And I think Sam came in, like a lot of these young players, it was a contract year coming in and the expectation that you know, he was going to take off, I think, I think getting this behind him is going to be a good thing. He's had a heck of a summer. Um, he's, in, he's excited to go and I think even him just getting out of his own way is going to be a big thing for him, that he can just take a deep breath, um, go out and play. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting and I, I Look forward to a big year from him. Based on how he played in junior hockey, based on how he played that year in the playoffs when when the Flames beat the Canucks in, in the first round, the, you know, the surprise upset year, um, I'm really surprised that he hasn't been able to make a more consistent impact in the NHL. And I guess part of it's been injury here and there, but nevertheless, I'm surprised. Are you a little bit surprised it's taken as long? And, and I think part of the problem you run into for him and I'm not saying that he can't do it, um, but when you're drafted, when it's you and Leon Dreisaitl that the Edmonton Oilers are deciding who they're going to take and the Flames get the other guy, and what Dreisaitl has drawn and the, the trajectory that he's on and the new contract that he just signed, and then you look at what Bennett's done, and again, not to say that Bennett can't have a huge impact in the National Hockey League and be a lot more than he's been thus far, but I'm a little surprised he hasn't made a more immediate impact. Are you? Well, I think what I would say is we were probably expecting to have a better year. If you really look at Sam and say, okay, he, he, his first year, he has a terrific camp. He has a terrific camp. 
And I was telling him all year, there's no, I'm not keeping an 18-year-old, I'm not keeping an 18-year-old. And if he doesn't get injured, he would have made the, I mean, it would have been hard to keep him off the team. He was our best player in training camp. Has a shoulder injury, it misses the, misses the year, comes back, um, finishes the year in, in Kingston, and then is one of our best players in the playoffs as an 18-year-old, without playing in NHL. Really so, so you look back and say, well, that's pretty good. Then he, then, so now you go into his first full year, and he almost scores 20 goals um, on, a team that, on a team that struggled, on a, on a, on a team that you know, picked sixth overall the following year. So you think that's pretty good. So now he comes in, and I think there's all these expectations for a young guy. Okay, uh, this is the year that I'm going to break out, and I think there was lots of, of pressure he put on, his, on, on himself. So I think, yeah, this year fell short of the expectations Sam would tell you as well as we had for him. But, you know, for a 20, 21-year-old kid, we, I think he's, he's going to be a terrific player. And he, we saw it even as short as the playoff stint was it was for us. He's a guy, you can, he can help you win in April, May, and June. He's a, he's a tenacious, competitive guy, um, and we still think that he's going to be a terrific player. Is he, uh, you think he's a full-time center in the NHL? Well, we put him there because it's, those are premier positions. Not to offend any of the wingers out there, but it's easier to push a center to the wing than it is to put a winger in the center. Um, and to me, I think that's how you win. You win through this middle of the ice. Um, you get that question a lot. I think he's a center. He's that's his where he's most comfortable now. And, and, and to go back to the earlier uh, question on Sam and 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 talking about Leon and some other players and and they're they're tremendous players. I mean, wonderful players. But you know they're playing on the wing uh, a large portion of the time. Uh, Sam had was playing in the middle, and there's there's other responsibilities that come with that. Now, does that not? say that there's an opportunity for him to go back to the wing at some point. Those are all decisions the coaches will make. Um, I think what we're starting to get in Calgary now is some depth in the center ice and so it gives us some options. Um, but if, if you can have a, a deep center ice uh, with skill and talent, that to me is, is that's how you win. If he starts as your third line center, who's he most likely to play with? I, I mean, you've got Prestige there, seems like a logical guy that could play in your top nine. Is Curtis Lazar a top nine guy, or is he more of a depth guy? Those are, there's a, that's, to me, Curtis is going to be one of those real interesting guys in camp to see where he fits. I, I, think, I think Sam and, and, uh, and Steger had a little bit of chemistry last year. Um, we talked about sort of the clunky camp that we had last year. One of the bright spots, the, the bright spot for us at camp last year was to play a Sam, and he played with, um, a lot with Troy Brower in camp. He played a lot with Matthew Kachuk in camp. Um, so I think there's going to be some options, you know, down the stretch there was, there was Brower played some time with Sam, Christopher Stieg played some time there, um, you know, does, does Curtis get some time there? It's going to be interesting to see, um, but those are, those are the things we entrust to the coach and I'm sure he's got a whole bunch of different ideas. You've got some really reliable and, and guys with flexibility that can play, as you said, a lot of guys that can play center ice with experience, Freddie Hamilton, Matty Stage, and Troy Brower. On the wing, you've got some truculence. I heard your boss likes a little truculence in the lineup. Um, so Luke Gazdick is under contract. Uh, you've got Tanner Glass there on a PTO. So training camp will sort out where all those guys fit in, who fits in, how they fit in. I want to ask you about a couple of kids. Spencer Fu, college free agent you signed this summer. Obviously, um, offensive ability, no experience, not a physically overpowering guy by any stretch. 
Um, is he going to get a shot to try and make the lineup now? Is, is that within the realm of possibility? Well, as you know, Bob, those are depending how you show, right? Like, he, he's an interesting guy. Um, our guys really liked him. He, he, we, we had a history of him. He came to our development camp a couple of years ago, and we tracked him from there. Um, had a breakout season offensively in, at Union College. And just see, you know, he's, he's another one. He's, he's, he's had a great summer, but it'll be a, it's a jump when the big boys show up. You know, this will be a good test from here. Now, he's a little older here, although he's, he hasn't played any pro games. He's, um, you know, he's, he's played three years of college. Um, the question always to me is how quick it can translate and, and whether it does translate. He's, he's got the physical attributes that we look for. Speed, he thinks the game real well. Competitive as all get out. Um, not, not the biggest body, but a strong, competitive uh, player, hard on the puck. Where that goes, we'll see. We've seen guys in similar situations take off right away. We've seen guys that take a little bit of time um, before it catches. So I'm excited to see him in camp against the big guys. Mark Jankowski was an off-the-board off the board pick in the first round a number of years ago for He's a pro now. Uh, he's got some pro games under his belt. Um, he's got some size. Play center. Um, how close is he to, to being an NHL player? Well, based, you know, having do, done this for a while now, Bob, he's, 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 to me, checked all the box. Like, he should be pushing now for a job. He's a guy, as you said, um, that's a Jay Feaster pick, and I think they were they were very excited at the time. And I think it, the patience and the pick that they made is going to is going to prove um, prove them right and prove the excitement Jay had for this young young guy. Is they've we've put in a lot of time with him. He played four full years of school. He goes and has a, a full year in the American League, where at times he was dominant. I think he was a runner up for Rookie of the Year, um, the leading scorer down there, close to 30 goals. He's doing all the things that guys do when they make the step to the NHL. He's pushing 6'5", 215 pounds. He plays a center, he's a big, long guy. So he's got lots of going for him. Ultimately, as I said earlier, it's going to be up to Mark of the mindset when he comes in. Is he coming in and saying, okay, I'm here and let's see how this goes, or I'm here to win a job. And in talking to him and seeing him here uh, before we came to Penticton, I know his mindset is, I'm here to win a job. So he's... I, I hate singling out guys because there's a whole bunch of guys that, that they're going to push, but he's the guy I'm probably most interested to see um, where he is come come Tuesday or come next week. Yeah, because I think I listed off like basically 12 returning forwards with a lot of experience. I mentioned Fu, I mentioned Jankowski. You've got a, a ton of kids, and, and I won't go into too much detail on, on them, but I, I'll give you the, just the roll call of last names, like Dubé, Lomborg, Preble. Poirier, Klimchuk, Shinkarik, Mangiapane, Hathaway. I mean, that's three, six, eight kids I've mentioned. Any one of those have a shot that, you know, their time is now? Or? Yeah, I, though, that's what gets us excited is we've, 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 we've specifically held a spot or two um, to see where, where our young guys are at. And, uh, and like I said, Bob, earlier, it's, it's, it gives you hope because none of them are 18 coming right out of school. It's... They've 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 been good players at junior or college. They've now got, been good players in the American League. So now is the time for them to push. Um, so if nothing else, I think we're slowly compiling some depth. Um, there's of that list. There's a few of them that have played little snippets here and there. But I I think it's going to be. Everybody says they're going to have a competitive camp. Um, I I don't remember 
a camp that I've been involved with going in that I think is going to be as competitive as this because there's not many spots, but there is there is some spots, and then we've got a lot of guys that are chomping to, to, to grab one. Your team's overall game got better as the season wore on last year, um, and special teams probably mirrored that to, to a point. But I can remember watching you guys get swept by Anaheim in that first round, and I thought there were some really timely situations where a power play goal or a penalty kill, that was a sweep, but the, it seemed like every game was in the balance, and a lot of times it turned on an Anaheim power player, an Anaheim PK that went their way as opposed to yours. How much more emphasis is there this season on special teams for you guys? Well, there is such a big part of the game, and I, I, that's one of the areas that we were real happy with in the, par, in the, in the playoffs was our power play. We, we were click along pretty good. Um, and you're right, it's, most of the time with that, it's, it's not just how many, it's when. And uh, um, if, you look at, if you look at our specialty team play um, through the first month and a half, um, we were 30th in both categories. So that, that, that part when the bullets were flying and there's a lot of ducking, um, Although this we, year, this year it'll be second last. Yeah, we 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 almost were thirty first in a thirty team league last year. That's how bad it was to start. But from I think the date is November twenty fifth or December first on, um, we were first in both, uh, sec maybe second in the PK and first in the power play. So I think we finished tenth or wherever we finished in the power play and and a little higher in the penalty kill. So there was traction there. Um, so I think what it does, it gives us a foundation. But to win in the league, you, you, special teams play is, is so critical. If you go back, there's not very many nights that you go back at the end of the night and say, we lost a specialty game, but special teams game, but we won the game. That doesn't happen. You know, goaltending and special teams carries the day lots of times, so that's going to be a big emphasis for us. I think uh, ballpark anyways, you've probably got around $5 million cap space. Um, is that something, is there anything out there now that you want a little bit of a spending spree before the season starts that would make you better? Or is that something you just hold in reserve to wait for the appropriate time during the year? Well, you never say never. I, I mean, you, you, I, I, I've done that once and then the next day you do something. And um, So we've got some flexibility. Uh, whether, whether that's something that happens now, and I said the likelihood isn't, is probably not that it's now. Um, but it's getting into camp now and seeing what you have. Like you said, we've got a couple of PTO guys coming in. We've got a lot of young kids pushing. Let's just see where we're at. Let's see who, you know, I've, I've seen it many times before. We're in August and September. Everybody's excited about the, the young player that's going to make the breakthrough. And then you get, and it's not ready yet. So um, what it does, it gives us some flexibility, whether that's now, whether that's during the season, or hopefully at the deadline that... Uh, um, we can be part of, of, of adding a piece. I just came back from vacation and through my tears, as I was reading Twitter all the time, people were tweeting, the Flames are going to sign Yarmory Yager, the Flames are going to sign Yarmory Yager. Are the Flames going to sign Yarmory Yager? Well, that's one of those things that I just, you know, it, I, I'm not sure where that all came from. Um, I don't, you know me well enough, Bob, I don't really comment on a lot of the rumor stuff. Um, at this point, we, we got... Our biggest piece of business was Sam Bennett out of the way. Um, I don't anticipate anything major before, and we'll keep searching the bushes to see if there's ways that can help us. That's uh, a dipl diplomatic, diplomatic way, answer. way to the Okay. Um, in a vacuum, if you could add one element, what would it be? Goal scoring? Well, you, I mean, you pray for health and, and goaltending and all those types of things, but 
Yeah, if I look at her team right now, I think that's the one area that, yeah. They still, the games are still won by the team that scores the most goals. And I think we're, we, we've, got a, we've got a real solid foundation on how we want to play in terms of defensively and, and on both sides of the puck. Um, but you do, you know, we still, you, you, you always hope that you got enough goals. So that's, that's one thing that, apart from health, which is, is so key, um, goal scoring is probably one thing that keeps me up a little bit. I asked this next question of all the general managers, but I just want you to know that you actually inspired it because when we first started doing these interviews a few years ago with you, I asked this question of you and you gave a really good answer. So I thought, that's a hell of a question. If I can get a really good answer, I'm going to ask everybody that. So it, what aspect of this team going into the season keeps you, might keep you awake at night? Uh, scoring goals again? Scoring goals again, health. It just is, is um, the health one, you know, we were healthy last year. And, uh, you know, th those are, that's just one you can't control. And, and you hope, um, you know, you hope that uh, you're doing things right because it can derail you quickly. Um, so, so that's probably, that's number one always, but goal scoring. You know, it's just, it's, I think we, I think, like I said, when we do our math, I think we can get there. Um, in terms of in terms of guys that have maybe had some down year had down years last year, and if we can keep it out, uh, keep it out of our net, we don't have to score as many. But uh, getting enough to getting enough each night always is is a concern. As a hockey fan, I'm kind of looking forward with renewed interest and vigor with the the futures battles of Alberta, um, for the simple reason: for the longest time, neither team was very good. And if you don't play each other in the playoffs at some point, it's hard to keep that rivalry going, even though the geography suggests that it always will be a pretty good rivalry. I think back to the 1980s and the dynasty of the Edmonton Oilers, led, of course, by Wayne Gretzky, best player in the game. And I think how good those Calgary Flame teams were that won a cup and were in another final, but were elite, I think, in large part because they recognized, hey, we're, we're, we're in the ring with the best. Of the best and I would imagine being in Calgary you've got to look north every so often and notice number 97 and what the Oilers did last year and I'm just curious if I know you've got to do your business as you see fit but is that some sort of motivating force too that you know we know that's a rival we know it's a division rival and if we don't get better you know even if we stay the same then we're you know we're not getting better well, I think watching number 97, I don't know if it's motivating or scares the hell out of you, one of the two, but you're right, Bob. You do your business. You, you have a plan of how you want to build your team, but it would be naive to think that you're not paying attention to what's going on, not only around the league, but um, with what they're doing. Um, and it's a terrific team. Pete's done a great job, and you, you know, you've got a couple of special, special players there. And uh, um, So there's no question. And, and again, you, when you look at our, where our team's built, you... You build it to play against everybody, um, but obviously there was. Um, it's not by accident that we tried to bolster our defense and knowing the, the type of group that they have up front up there. Um, so it's, it's our hope is the same. Is is, you know, you don't get, we can't get lost in the noise of all the things that's, uh, that are going on around us. But um, those were special times back there. Even being from BC, you, you watched those games with great interest. It was a great rivalry. Um, we're focused on what we're doing. 
Um, but I think it's great for both cities. I think it's great for our province. I think it's great for our game when you can have rivalries like that. Um, now it's just up to, do, up to us to do our part. Last question. You, you made the playoffs last year, and you've made what you believe to be substantial improvements in net and on the blue line. So let me ask you this. Do you think your team, as it's currently constructed, can contend for the Cup and take the next step this season? Well, you know, for us, we're, we, 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 and this is not dodging the question, our, our team, we're, we're staying out of expectations. We're, you know, what type of team we are, all those type of things. We've got we to gotta determine that in camp. Uh, for us, it's building a standard that we want to we play at, we want to practice at, and we want to be at every day. The first step for that is getting in the playoffs. Um, you, don't, you don't have a chance to compete for, those, for that trophy if you don't get in the playoffs. So um, getting into camp, I know our group is really excited. I know they put in a lot of work this year, um, but ours is just taking a step back and saying, okay, let's make sure we have the right standard here of how we want to do business every day. If we do that, um, things have a tendency of looking after themselves. And, and you, you, you do it right long enough, you get enough points, and now you give yourself a chance to play for that. So um, I like our team. I think we're, I think we've got, I think we still haven't defined who we are with some of these young guys coming, um, but we're going we're gonna to give it a go, and, and our goal is to get, get ourselves playing past the regular season and, and take it from there. Thanks for taking the time to do this, Brad, and good luck this season. Thanks, Bob. Okay, that's it for the At TSN Hockey Every Other Friday Bobcast. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like to submit a question on hockey or just about anything else, email it to bobcast at bellmedia.ca. That's B-O-B-C-A-S-T at bellmedia.ca, and we'll try to get it on the next Bobcast. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. That's At TSN Bob McKenzie. And for great hockey coverage all year round, follow the At TSN Hockey Twitter account and make tsn.ca your source for all things hockey, especially for the Tuesday and Thursday editions of Insider Trading with myself, Darren Dreger, and Pierre Lebrun. Thanks for tuning into the Bobcast. See you next time, and have a great weekend.